one day I was going into worship. I'm a pastor of a church, and just beforehand, I was praying to God about one of the members of the church just simply wasn't buying into anything I had to say. He just wasn't accepting my ministry. Um, he was upset uh, with me for something, and I could, for the life of me, could not figure out how to get along with this particular guy. And everybody seemed to be pulling in the same direction and, and, and excited about what was happening in the church. This guy was just a naysayer constantly. So before I went into the church, I said, Lord, I asked that you would show me how can I open this guy up to what my ministry is that, that you're, you've given to me. Help me to, how will he open up? What can I do to help him open up? Just then as I'm praying, a little boy who was um, uh, one of the acolytes in the church, he kind of came out and was playing on the ground. He's probably about four years old. And he had found a, um, a little pill bug on the ground rolled up in a ball. And he kept saying, look, Father Josh, a roly-poly. Look, it's a roly-poly, and I'm trying to get him to open. He won't open up. And the little boy's name was Parker. He was moving him around, and the little bug was rolling around. And he was yelling at him and coaxing him and trying to get this, this little bug to open up its shell. And, of course, the more intense Parker got with the bug, the tighter it rolled up. And I heard myself say to Parker, Parker, if you just leave him alone, he will open up all by himself. And then I turn back to prayer. Lord, just show me what to do to open up this guy to, to your spirit and, and to my ministry. And just then the penny dropped and I realized that the Lord had given me a word through my own thoughts, through my own voice that I spoke to Parker. That was a word God was giving me. Let him be closed up for a little while and he'll open up on his own. That was the word of the Lord. Um, it's really an interesting thing the way God speaks to us. He's always, he's always coming in under our defenses. He's always surprising us with the way he speaks to us and what he says. Um, he communicates from his spirit. God's spirit communicates with your spirit when he speaks. And then your spirit communicates that to your mind. That's what we call the inward witness, the inward witness of the spirit. That's how we hear what God has to say. It's very similar to just something that sounds like your own thought or, or a prompting. It's very subtle. Uh, it requires a closeness with God and it requires practice um, to hear it more quickly and, and clearly and consistently. So a lot of the idea about hearing from God is really about being with God. A lot of it is rooted in simply spending time with God in his presence, worshiping, praising, sitting contemplatively with him. To be with a friend and spend time with that friend, you begin to accustom yourself to the voice of that friend. That's why the more time that you spend with the Lord, the more practice you get into tuning in to his voice. Um, so how do you get to that place where you know whether it's you speaking or whether it's the voice of God speaking? Well, certainty in knowing that you're hearing God's voice 
really comes to the person that is united with him. That's 1 Corinthians 6, 17. Being united with him, we hear him. Um, united, this word in the New Testament, simply means joined, to be joined up with him. Spend time in this awareness of being joined and united to him in prayer. Now, you need a receiver. You can have signals coming all over the place all the time. And you'll get signals right where you are right now. You're getting signals from this satellite you're listening to that's bouncing off of, of my recording device and, and bouncing into yours. And there's television waves and sound waves and radio waves and all kinds of information is coming around you constantly. But you only hear it if you have a receiver to pick it up. And the receiver that's truly intact and ready to tune into the voice of God is the one who is expecting to hear from him. To get the receiver on within you, within your spirit, is to expect God to speak based on his own word. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. And in the Gospel of John, the way the Greek is laid out, it's it really means my sheep are hearing my voice, meaning it's an ongoing experience of being a disciple of Jesus is this ongoing listening and hearing from the voice of Jesus. So we turn on that that uh, receiver by expectation. I expect to hear from him based on the word of God. And then we, we find his, his frequency. How do you find his frequency when you turn on the receiver? Well, it means that we have to really, we have to really get very quiet. We have to get relaxed. We have to, to dial down as it were, um, not to get worked up. And in John 10, 4, it says, they know his voice. We'll know his voice when it comes. And um, our part is simply to relax and dial down and listen. Now, most often we miss what the Lord is trying to say, at least in my case, because I'm trying to tune in and hear the huge revelation God's going to give me the big direction for my life, the destiny, the big picture. And I'm always looking for big picture things. You know, Lord, my uh, give me the big picture solution to my finances or my to my children. You're praying for your child and you're trying to get a word from the Lord. Give me the big picture um, vision for my kid's life and so on. We're looking for big pictures often or big, big vision from God. Um, ultimate words, ultimate revelation. But what he usually does, at least in my experience and in my sharing with others in the experience of so many people, is that he will give you information. He will speak to you. But what he does um, is really rooted in simply doing the next right thing. He will uh, do that when you first begin to hear him. He'll continue to to give you the next right thing. And so obedience plays a very important role in this. Um, obedience in the very simplest things is very important to God. It reveals the willingness of your heart to go on to greater things. So if you, like me, are often waiting for God to send you out to part the Red Sea or something, you may be missing what he's saying to you right now. It might be something as simple as uh, you need to go wash your dishes. Something as simple like that. Let's go wash the dishes. Or um, you need to clean out your closet. 
I know you weren't planning on doing that today. I love you. Let's go clean out your closet. Or it may be something like, you know, we say, Lord, please transform me, change me, reveal your will to me. <laughs> Make me be like you, all those big. And then we listen to the Lord and he says something like this. Um, Spend more time with your children or stop watching certain TV shows or um, logging on to particular websites. He'll, he'll give you specific things, actions, and they're very small. And he'll talk to you about the small things in your life that you need to change. Not in order to get his acceptance. You already have his acceptance. He wants you to go further in intimacy with him because he loves you. So it makes sense that when God begins to speak with you, that he would give you those little adjustments you need to make to move in greater intimacy so that he could be freer in working in your life. So small obedient actions, those are really the amen to your prayer, those actions you take. That's the amen. That's the so be it, let it be God. And once we do that, we find God giving us more revelation, more words, more direction. It's like we graduate. We start with the little things and he begins to give us more. I remember my son, he came to me and he didn't have his, his room was a mess and he was supposed to clean up his room before he did anything else. He said, um, can I go to the movies with my friend Jacob? And I said, uh, you, 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 you do your chores. Uh, once you do your chores, clean your room, then we can talk about it. So go clean your room and then we can have a conversation after that. So later comes and goes and, and uh, he comes down, he goes, he goes, I've got straight A's. I've been really good today. Can I please go to the movies with Jacob? And I said, well, did you do what I asked you to do? Did you go clean your room? Not really. <laughs> so, so I said, well, when you're done doing that, otherwise you're going to miss the time with Jacob completely. So go up and clean your room. We do that with God all the time. Lord, give me, give me direction. Give me guidance. And then he'll say well, to me, he'll say, look, did you do the last right thing I gave you to do? Have you done what I asked you to do the last time we prayed? We talked to each other. And often it I hadn't done those things. And, and he's saying, when you get those little things done, then we'll move on to this next thing. Obedience leads to more revelation. Obedient action, as I said, is the amen to our prayers to God. But if I'm not being obedient in the little things, why would I think I would graduate to the bigger assignments that he might give me? Because sometimes the small things he asks us may seem very unimportant to us or involve just giving up things we think we enjoy. Or, But the truth is to reach a new level of intimacy with God where we hear his voice and are kind of moving powerfully into new places in the spirit, obedience must become a non-negotiable. If he gives you a direction, just do it. And then you'll find in the doing of it, revelation comes in the process. Sometimes like I've often had God tell me to go do the dishes before we have any more conversation. <laughs> and so I go do that. And then while I'm, you know, sudsing it up and cleaning everything and kind of not really thinking about it, then something will drop into my spirit that I know is from God. So I think that it's very important for us to simply dial down, be expectant that God will speak, um, and be obedient in little things, willing to hear his voice in the small things. And um, 
And to me, these are keys to growing and learning to walk in the spirit and to hear his voice. God bless you, and we'll talk to you next time. One day I was going into worship. I'm a pastor of a church, and just beforehand, I was praying to God about one of the members of the church just simply wasn't buying into anything I had to say. He just wasn't accepting my ministry. Um, he was upset uh, with me for something, and I could, for the life of me, could not figure out how to get along with this particular guy. And everybody seemed to be pulling in the same direction and 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 excited about what was happening in the church. This guy was just a naysayer constantly. So before I went into the church, I said, Lord, I ask that you would show me how can I open this guy up to what my ministry is that, that you're, you've given to me. Help me to, how will he open up? What can I do to help him open up? Just then as I'm praying, a little boy who was um, uh, one of the acolytes in the church, he kind of came out, was playing on the ground. He's probably about four years old. And he had found a, um, a little pill bug on the ground rolled up in a ball. And he kept saying, look, Father Joshua, roly poly. Look, it's a roly poly, and I'm trying to get him to open. He won't open up. And the little boy's name was Parker. He was moving him around, and the little bug was rolling around. And he was yelling at him and coaxing him and trying to get this, this little bug to open up its shell. And, of course, the more intense Parker got with the bug, the tighter it rolled up. And I heard myself say to Parker, Parker, if you just leave him alone, he will open up all by himself. And then I turn back to prayer, Lord, just show me what to do to open up this guy to, to your spirit and, and to my ministry. And just then the penny dropped and I realized that the Lord had given me a word through my own thoughts, through my own voice that I spoke to Parker. That was a word God was giving me. Let him be closed up for a little while and he'll open up on his own. That was the word of the Lord. Um, it's really an interesting thing the way God speaks to us. He's always, he's always coming in under our defenses. He's always surprising us with the way he speaks to us and what he says. Um, he communicates from his spirit. God's spirit communicates with your spirit when he speaks. And then your spirit communicates that to your mind. That's what we call the inward witness, the inward witness of the spirit. That's how we hear what God has to say. It's very similar to just something that sounds like your own thought or, or a prompting. It's very subtle. Uh, it requires a closeness with God and it requires practice um, to hear it more quickly and, and clearly and consistently. So a lot of the idea about hearing from God is really about being with God. A lot of it is rooted in simply spending time with God in his presence, worshiping, praising, sitting contemplatively with him. To be with a friend and spend time with that friend, you begin to accustom yourself to the voice of that friend. That's why the more time that 
you spend with the Lord, the more practice you get into tuning in to his voice. Um, so how do you get to that place where you know whether it's you speaking or whether it's the voice of God speaking? Well, certainty in knowing that you're hearing God's voice really comes to the person that is united with him. That's 1 Corinthians six seventeen. Being united with him, we hear him. Um, united, this word in the New Testament, simply means joined, to be joined up with him. Spend time in this awareness of being joined and united to him in prayer. Now, you need a receiver. You can have signals coming all over the place all the time. And you'll get signals right where you are right now. You're getting signals from this satellite you're listening to that's bouncing off of of my recording device and, and bouncing into yours. And there's television waves and sound waves and radio waves and all kinds of information is coming around you constantly. But you only hear it if you have a receiver to pick it up. And the receiver that's truly intact and ready to tune into the voice of God is the one who is expecting to hear from him. To get the receiver on within you, within your spirit, is to expect God to speak based on his own word. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. And in the Gospel of John, the way the Greek is laid out, it's it really means my sheep are hearing my voice, meaning it's an ongoing experience of being a disciple of Jesus is this ongoing listening and hearing from the voice of Jesus. So we turn on that that uh, receiver by expectation. I expect to hear from him based on the word of God. And then we, we find his, his frequency. How do you find his frequency when you turn on the receiver? Well, it means that we have to really, we have to really get very quiet. We have to get relaxed. We have to, to dial down as it were, um, not to get worked up. And in John 10, 4, it says, they know his voice. We'll know his voice when it comes. And, um, our part is simply to relax and dial down and listen. Now, most often we miss what the Lord is trying to say, at least in my case, because I'm trying to tune in and hear the huge revelation. God's going to give me the big direction for my life, the destiny, the big picture. And I'm always looking for big picture things. You know, Lord, my uh, give me the big picture solution to my finances or my to my children, you're praying for your child and you're trying to get a word from the Lord. Give me the big picture um, vision for my kid's life and so on. We're looking for big pictures often or big, big vision from God. Um, ultimate words, ultimate revelation. But what he usually does, at least in my experience and in my sharing with others in the experience of so many people, is that he will give you information. He will speak to you. But what he does um, is really rooted in simply doing the next right thing. He will uh, do that when you first begin to hear him. He'll continue to, to give you the next right thing. And so obedience plays a very important role in this. Um, obedience in the very simplest things is very important to God. It reveals the willingness of your heart to go on to greater things. 
So if you, like me, are often waiting for God to send you out to part the Red Sea or something, you may be missing what he's saying to you right now. It might be something as simple as uh, you need to go wash your dishes. Something as simple like that. Let's go wash the dishes. Or um, you need to clean out your closet. I know you weren't planning on doing that today. I love you. Let's go clean out your closet. Or it may be something like, you know, we say, Lord, please transform me, change me, reveal your will to me. <laughs> Make me be like you, all those big. And then we listen to the Lord and he says something like this. Um, Spend more time with your children or stop watching certain TV shows or um, logging on to particular websites. He'll, he'll give you specific things, actions, and they're very small. And he'll talk to you about the small things in your life that you need to change, not in order to get his acceptance. You already have his acceptance. He wants you to go further in intimacy with him because he loves you. So it makes sense that when God begins to speak with you, that he would give you those little adjustments you need to make to move in greater intimacy so that he could be freer in working in your life. So small obedient actions those are really the amen to your prayer, those actions you take. That's the amen. That's the so be it, let it be God. And once we do that, we find God giving us more revelation, more words, more direction. It's like we graduate. We start with the little things and he begins to give us more. I remember my son, he came to me and he didn't have his, his room was a mess and he was supposed to clean up his room before he did anything else. He said, um, can I go to the movies with my friend Jacob? And I said, uh, you, 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 you do your chores. Uh, once you do your chores, clean your room, then we can talk about it. So go clean your room, and then we can have a conversation after that. So later comes and goes, and, and uh, he comes down. He goes, he goes, I've got straight A's. I've been really good today. Can I please go to the movies with Jacob? And I said, well, did you do what I asked you to do? Did you go clean your room? Not really. <laughs> so so I said, well, when you're done doing that, otherwise you're going to miss the time with Jacob completely. So go up and clean your room. We do that with God all the time. Lord, give me give me direction. Give me guidance. And then he'll say well, to me, he'll say, look, did you do the last right thing I gave you to do? Have you done what I asked you to do the last time we prayed? We talked to each other. And often it, I hadn't done those things. And, and he's saying, when you get those little things done, then we'll move on to this next thing. Obedience leads to more revelation. Obedient action, as I said, is the amen to our prayers to God. But if I'm not being obedient in the little things, why would I think I would graduate to the bigger assignments that he might give me? Because sometimes the small things he asks us may seem very unimportant to us or involve just giving up things we think we enjoy. Or, But the truth is to reach a new level of intimacy with God where we hear his voice and are kind of moving powerfully into new places in the spirit, obedience must become a non-negotiable. If he gives you a direction, just do it. And then you'll find in the doing of it, Revelation comes in the process. Sometimes, like, I've often had God tell me to go do the dishes before we have any more conversation. <laughs> and so I go do that. And then while I'm, you know, 
sudsing it up and cleaning everything and kind of not really thinking about it, then something will drop into my spirit that I know is from God. So I think that it's very important for us to simply dial down, be expectant that God will speak, um, and be obedient in little things, willing to hear his voice in the small things. And, um, and to me, these are keys to growing and learning to walk in the spirit and to hear his voice. God bless you, and we'll talk to you next time. I was on a quiet retreat in Joshua Tree for about three days. I was fasting and praying and doing all the things that I think I'm supposed to do to try to hear from God and get a better um, sense of direction from Him and deeper intimacy with Him. So I'm in the desert walking this beautiful path and Joshua Tree is a very majestic desert landscape, very uh, dramatic kind of place. And it is uh, completely silent. There's a breeze blowing, and I became very aware, maybe it was the fasting or the feeling lightheaded or whatever, of the life inside me, my own life, the feeling of being alive, what I would call the aliveness. And when I became aware of that, I asked God, what is this? What is this feeling that I've always had that everybody has, but what, what is it really, this aliveness? What is that? And immediately what came into my awareness was the scripture, when Christ who is our life appears, we shall appear with him in glory. And following that was it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives inside of me. So the idea here is that the life that I'm feeling, that daily inner aliveness that we feel, that that itself is Christ. That is the person of Jesus living and moving through us. Not a necessarily a, a dramatic experience from some outside source, but the awareness of the indwelling of the one who lives in us. And that goes totally counter to how I usually live, which is this imaginary life. And the imaginary life has wants and desires and lives basically to meet his own needs. That's, that's me, but that's the imaginary me. And we call that the flesh. We call that the self, the self-oriented, self-centered life, the flesh. And it became really clear that Jesus wants me to be aware of the aliveness in me as belonging to him. And that is his aliveness in me. And not only that, is that he has a will. And that will is to go and to share the love of God with other people, to reach out, to heal and touch, to get out of comfort zones and move into places of conflict and bring peace, to reach into the wounds of people and bring the healing power of Jesus to restore them. To that, that going out, that moving and connecting with uh, other people, that sense of, of going into this world 
and wrapping our arms around people, groups, and let them know the depth and love of God through Jesus Christ. That's what he wants to do. That's not what I want to do. I want to take a nap. I want to look at my phone. I want to write my my talk for my work and try to get it just right. I want to do this and that. I want to go get a sandwich. I want all kinds of things and worse things than that. My flesh is always at work and the devil is always at work supplying suggestions for how that imaginary life might find fulfillment. But it is no longer I who live, the Bible says, but Christ who lives in me. And so the moment I let him do his will through my aliveness, which is him, I find peace, I find joy. But the moment I try to interrupt that process with my imaginary self, the flesh, and put a halt to it, I find conflict, I find dis-ease, I find restlessness, I find fear, anxiety, anger, all those things. So that's some of the that's some of the stuff God showed me in the desert today, and I wasn't really expecting it. I hope it ministers to you in some way, and we'll see you next time.